1: He's introduced you to great coffee.
0: Congratulations! World's best cup of coffee.
1: Great music. in a wrestling match, Lemmy or God? Lemmy.
0: Ah, God. Wrong, Dick. Trick
1: question. Lemmy is God. Great travel. That's the dream. It's not the destination, it's the journey. All things to enrich your life. If you're good at what you do, people will recognize that. Now, he's ready to tackle... <laughs> ...itself.
0: Whoop-de-doo! What does it all mean?
1: With some great guests with even better life stories. Yes, even better than how he almost failed grades 2, 4, and 7. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. You're listening to the Brenton on Tour Lifecast. Here's BD. Here we are. The Lifecast continues uh, with a Canadian icon Uh, With the Order of Canada, uh, all around amazing guy and uh, obviously uh, competing for best beard in the country. Uh, with Paul Merckx from Paul Merckx concerts as well. This is Fred. Yeah,
0: dear dear Paul, I haven't thought of him for for years. I know he did some promoting for a number of gigs in the earlier day, but I, I've not seen him, so I didn't realize he had a. I thought I was competing with David Letterman, but uh, Paul Merckx, fine.
1: Yeah, Paul's got it going on. He was on a guest a couple of weeks ago on the on the LifeCast, and uh, and um, I was on one of those tours I was doing for him, where I met you for the first time. So welcome, right. welcome, and Fam. thanks thanks for making the time. I, I, pleasure I, I sort of kept it a bit of a secret to everybody what was happening but uh, i let the the cat out of the bag to a handful of yeah. people that you were coming on and um, as it were it stirred the pot uh for <laughs> anyone that uh, that was excited that uh, to uh, to listen in on this so Everyone that's excited, welcome. This is Fred. So Fred, uh, this is a series I've created called The Life Cast, which basically uh, kind of breaks down the journey and, and sort of life and what you've been up to. But um, you told me uh, when we were chatting that you've moved
0: from the peg and now you're on the island. So uh, I mean, wh- how long? Yeah, have- yeah things have, have have altered here. I, I've, uh, uh, I was divorced uh, about 10 years ago now, and I remarried uh, about five years ago. And my and my wife was from B.C. She uh, she was raised in Delta, just sort of south of Vancouver, and uh, and always had wanted to come back to this part of the world. And oddly enough, Fred Penner's place was based on on uh, on, on B.C. The set was designed by Lawrence Colette, who was a, a designer with CBC, and he uh, and and he had gone into the into the woods or Stanley Park wherever, and had imitated much of the the entire set basically is imitated from uh or in, influenced rather by the uh by the rainforest and by the environment around here so it, it it in an odd way it's sort of like coming home for me as well but we've we bought a house in uh in a in a little town close to Comox and Qualicum Beach that area about 2 years ago now and and we officially moved in about a year ago beautiful part of the world uh, mm-hmm. I love very much. Have a lot of friends over there as well.
1: Um, I'm sure, not, you do. You were talking about your, um, uh, you know, the intro for Fred Vander's Place, which I have to tell you is probably as a kid growing up through that time is probably one of the best intros to a kid show I've ever seen <laughs> because you, you're going through the forest. So that's Stanley Park, and I, I noticed that's probably the uh, down in Vancouver on the beach. It looked like.
0: Yeah, the uh, the opening it, it went through a few incarnations along the way, but uh, but the main one was uh, some shots from um, off of Burrard by uh, by the uh, by the Deer Pacific Ocean in the, in that coast, and then and then there's one point where I uh, where it shifts to uh, Lake Winnipeg to Grand Beach in that that area. So because the show the show was taped both in Winnipeg. And Vancouver pretty much split down the middle in quantity of uh, of episodes. So it, we've had a,
1: it's magical
0: a, a, a bit of Winnipeg, bit of BC. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, it was it was
1: as a kid and anyone that's some um, say from America. I know you're on Nickelodeon down there, but some some people that are not familiar with the show, um, it was great. Fred going through the forest and then you had to climb through a log to get to fred penner's place and i loved that i i mean that was that was the
0: con then th- that that was my concept the, the 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 word bird who was iconic in the show was uh was from a a writer in toronto who was was part of that but uh but but the log was my idea and i was pretty pleased with that for sure And what an, what an idea because what you know uh four
1: to four to six year old or three to eight year old kid you know wow you so he's walking up and he goes through this log and it was, in essence, it was your Oscar, the grouch can. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's true. Because everyone wondered what was going on down in Oscar. What's happening. Yeah. yeah what's yeah. happening down there. And then here you are with the, with the log. And it's like, well, if you go to this log, where is this log located? And how do we get there? I'm like, I want to go there. I want to see Fred in this place. And it was, it was really iconic. It's something that, um, um, almost everyone who's at, who <laughs> I told that you were coming on, you're
0: like you gotta ask him about the log. about the
1: log. That's, but, know, the so, log.
0: that's so. I fun. know a lot of people along the way have, have sent me messages saying that that they they are are have an, a, an appreciation for for nature because of my show, and they're always looking for the log. And it's it's it, it was pretty cool that I was able to to do that for you know for almost a thousand episodes over thirteen years. What an what an opportunity certainly
1: amazing that's um how did that come about how did, i mean to actually get the show i know you yeah. um, you were performing quite a lot but um how does it come
0: about where they come to fred and they say all right now you get your own show uh exactly there's there's a bit of a blessing here i it, it was 1985 i'd done the first my first record the cat came back in 1979, 80, and uh, then worked with Raffi for five years, and you know, and and built my touring, my touring chops, and uh, three more, four more albums over that time frame. So by the time uh, the mid 80s came along, I, I was already pretty well established. I'd been playing the festivals. Uh, CBC, unbeknownst to me, had been following my my work across the country, and they were looking for a replacement for the Friendly Giant. And uh, and they had seen what I was doing and uh, and really liked my energy and how I was approaching things. So they uh, basically Dodi Robb, who was the head of children's television back in the in mid '80s, she just called me out of the blue and said, "Hi, uh, you know, Mrs. Dodi Robb, head of children's television. We've been watching you. Would you like to do a TV series?" And it was you know was, sorry. Could you re- ding, ding ding ding? Can you repeat that? Uh, a tv series sure well uh, what what do you how do you do this and then uh, they said well what would you like to do you know they, they had no concept beforehand it wasn't like you know we would like it to be natural we'd like a log you know they, there was nothing to do with that they uh, basically put it completely in my lap and and I did as I generally do when any creative thing comes along is I, I do my soul searching i go inside i start thinking and trying to figure out what it is that i would like to share with with an audience you know adult or or children and uh and and in my in my childhood i i was i was a scout and a cub for a while, and uh, and going into the into the woods, and and marking our our paths. You know, you 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 get some twigs on the ground, and you turn it into a uh, an arrow showing what direction it was going. So if you got lost, then you could find it again, or or you would mark the side of a tree, or you know, do something to give an indication of where of where you were in case you got lost. And so that was the that was the inspiration for the opening of the show was. You go around this tree, you follow this this uh, this fence, you you see that red rock, you balance on that, you go, you know, so it was all about trying to define an environment that that the viewer could could watch and listen and feel comfortable with, ultimately uh, ending with the reveal of the hollow log, making sure that nobody else was watching just just us. And you crawl in, and the, the the real idea of the show was to was to make it a comfortable environment, a protected environment for the viewer to uh, to watch. So I I came back to to CBC and said, here's here's my thought. I I don't just want a you know a a door that you knock knock open, come on in. I want it to be a special kind of place, and uh, and so they started working on that idea, and uh, and before long we had. We had the concept and props were being built and contracts were being signed and away we went. Did you know what you didn't want? Uh, well, yes, I I did not want it to be condescending. You know, I, I wanted it to be to be a, a, a an engaging environment for for the child that, that just made the viewer feel comfortable, you know, and to feel like, like they were. They, they were just in a, uh, you know. So so it's not it's not flashy. Fred Penner's place was anything but flashy, but it it gave the viewer a, a sense of calm. I'm hoping, um, and my my approach to to doing television, to doing any kind of video work, is uh, is clearly connected with with the idea of the one child. And that, that that concept is when you're looking at a camera, you don't think of it as going out to thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, who knows. Uh, but, but but you look at that camera and imagine it's the one child. And then you that's how you you bring your energy down to that point of reference. You know, and I want to say, Brent, hi. Hey, it's nice to see you. Come on in. I've got something to show you.
1: All right, yeah, I'm, coming, I'm coming right now. You know, I guess that's... Uh, yeah, well, uh, well I'm, exactly. I'm on the way. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, and, and and that kind of feeling of yeah. <clears throat> you and I are in this together. Yeah. You know, it's, and, it's uh, it was
1: quite something to watch and, and educate. And I think you engaged the kid. I mean, I put it on for my kids. Uh, I know yeah. I, uh, I brought them up to Whistler to see you years and years ago. Oh, um, right. Yeah, and, yeah. um, and to, wow, you know, and, you know, I just remember it's meant to be like the lock. <laughs> like, you know, it's just, it was just this, you know, the thing. And it's amazing what kids, um, gravitate to and what they get educated by. And, and anyone listening, I think that you should, um, try to find as many old episodes as you can online. Um, because I think they all hold true. Uh, You know, I don't think there's anything topical per se. I think you just covered off the, you know, getting everybody, um, educated. And I think it's amazing. The, um, the, the atmosphere at the time and sort of what was going on. I mean, there was a lot for can Canadian kids. There was a lot going oh, on huge. for it my for my age group. I, yeah. I mean, I'm, a, I'm born mid '70s, so for me coming through there, obviously we had Sesame Street, we had Read Along, Pokaroo, we had Mister Dress Up, Yourself, we had Sharon Lois and Bram. Uh, there was so many. Uh, there were so many different yeah. ones. Was looking at that kind of scenario, uh, obviously, did you? ask yourself like where you're going to fit in or was it an instant success or did it take some time to kind of carve out your space in there? Uh, You know, what was your Uh, not
0: Not really. I was, uh, again, very, very fortunate with the way it, the way it unfolded. Um, You know, doing, doing the Cat Came Back album, which was inspired by, I I was doing a show in in Winnipeg. Uh, It it was a, a stage presentation of, of, uh, of the story of Blunder, which which was on the you know where, where the Goblin song arrived, uh, that was a story that I did on the first album, and I uh, w- w- was doing the show with the with my uh, actually my ex-wife was part of that, and uh, and and a doctor and his his wife approached me after the show and, and asked if I had a record, and because they liked my voice, they liked my music, and I said no, no, I hadn't, I'd only been doing because I I had been doing uh, a. Adult, more or less, entertainment in the in the '70s with uh, you know with with bar bands and you know just just working on my chops and a lot of acting during the '70s as well. And I was just gaining an ability of, uh, of of being able to express myself in many different mediums. And uh, and and so the fellow asked if if I had a record, and I and I said no. And they said, well, we 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 would like to sponsor. You know, an album for you, and they basically gave me a blank check. How much it would cost? It ended up being about eight grand in 1979, and uh, and that led to, to the cat came back, and then that led to working with Rafi, and then it just it just flowed very very quickly. And I think, a big part of my approach was because I had worked with special needs children in Winnipeg, in the uh, in the 70s as well. Uh, from from uh, from psychotic to to schizophrenic to uh, the full range of disturbance, and I had a sister who was born with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. So all of these pieces together, and my desire to to bring something positive into their into their world, uh, helped me understand the true value of what music can do for for a child, you know, particularly. And, uh, and, and because I had that level of philosophy going into it, uh, I didn't feel in competition with anybody. I was, I was working hard, I was writing a lot of songs, I was, I was uh, building a, a very strong career and the gigs were selling out and festivals were coming. I mean, it was, as you said, the, the 90s in particular was one of the hottest decades for, for Canadian entertainment. And uh, and it just it just kept you know blossoming all that time until until the industry sort of caught on that they actually could make money from childrens, mm-hmm. and then and then it the, the whole attitude sort of changed and then people were putting out the, kitty pops and you know and you know as as I was saying, what I didn't want Fred Penner's to play, place to be was condescending, and all of this really condescending stuff was coming out and I, I felt really disappointed that people were not holding on to or that performers were not holding on to that that sensitivity of what you really could bring into a child's world that that didn't have to be lacka of, look at me the color oh look at all that it's so much fun and you know j- just losing really the that sensitivity that is there in the child that needs to be nurtured uh, and that and that that doesn't have to be you know the the fast every every fifteen seconds, another hit. It is possible to connect with the child on a sensitive level if you if you approach it from that angle.
1: You um built it out based on obviously experience that you were talking about. Was there anything um that you drew from for inspiration outside of your own personal you know work that you've done in the past? Like oh, I really like the way this show flows, or i I really like this, or was it really just you the whole way, um, un uninspired and and just these are my ideas. This is what I want, and I'm going to do this this way.
0: Um, yeah, my I mean my influences when I was uh, was a young a young a young boy. We didn't we didn't have television until I was about ten years old. Yes, I'm that old, Brent. <laughs> um, uh, so yes, yeah, so we didn't have TV to work on, but but we but I had radio, and on radio there were some of the best. Storytellers that I've ever heard, and so I I would, I would I would flip on my little crystal set and you know shove the thing in my ear and and listen to these these beautiful beautiful stories and and the nice voice and engaging with good musical background behind it. So I I uh, I I did want in the beginning to to bring that kind of of intimacy, you know, through through storytelling, and uh, and and it didn't have to be just just a spoken word but music could absolutely be part of the storytelling so when 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 the cat came back fell into my lap it was oh this is the perfect song because it has so much story to it it has the adventure it has the excitement of what's going to happen to this critter and 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 i think that's part of what has truly engaged with the audience is they uh they, they love that quality that, that the cat came back has uh, so I, I, I those were my main influences mm-hmm. certainly as I got older musically um I, I had a huge range of influence from the classical and swing era that my parents got into to the early boy bands and rock and roll with my older brother and sister and and then into the folk scene in the 60s for me so I had probably the the best range of of sound that i could possibly imagine we met
1: over music obviously we met at a concert I think yeah. we met at a heart show i believe in winnipeg oh yeah uh, that's right. there was heart and i was through for a few times yeah. um growing up winnipeg and that's i mean i'm i know i got a lot of friends from there and there's a lot of musical influence from there there's a lot of bands that have come out of there uh, of a lot of musicians moving there too it's it's quite the place um it, it, i mean what was what was growing up winnipeg like in the cold and, and all the rest of it. I mean, obviously you're on the radio, you're uh, listening to the radio yeah. and pulling inspiration and then, and then uh, designing out this show. But um, I always, um, you know, Prairie boy, I mean, <laughs> Prairie boy, that's, that's a tough, that's a tough, that's tough to grow up in, you know, in that, it's, that environment.
0: Uh, I, well, I, I mean, I was, I was born and raised in Winnipeg. So, mm-hmm. so I knew, I knew the weather. I, I actually love, snow i love the weather i love the range of seasons that was always my sort of default comment about winnipeg is is uh yes it's cold in the winter but it's glorious in the in the spring and the summer is second to none And the fall you know that's my my birth season so i love the fall so you you know you, you just deal with 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 a bit of bit of snow for for a couple of months and you know that that's fine but i i think what what was uh, inspirational about Winnipeg is, is when it did get cold, well, you stay inside, you hop in the basement and you start making music. You know, that isolation gave you a sense of uh, of creativity, oddly enough. And there were, when I was growing up, there were so many great, great bands that were coming up. I mean, I, I went to school with Neil Young at Kelvin, you know, and, and the Fifth was uh, was happening and he was, he was going crazy and the Guess Who were playing mm-hmm. all the community centers. And some of my biggest concert memories was going to see Lenny Bro, and uh, you know, the, the monster globally, the, the arguably the best guitar player ever. And, uh, and I, and I was able to, you know, to sit, you know, like in front, like 10 feet away from Lenny Bro, watching him perform at different events. And it was, uh, that was truly inspiring to see what a, what a human being can do with, you know, with a couple of hands and a, and an instrument. It was a very very inspiring time. There's quite a
1: quite a, a contingent of musicians from that town, in um, truth. And you, um, how's your relationship with them all? Do you still stay in touch with any of them? Do you? Is there this collective little like, well, you made it and you made it and you made it? We're all in this little secret society of Winnipeggers that that broke out and changed the music scene. <laughs> Like you know, uh, there's a
0: whole bunch what, of them. What, what, yeah, once once in a while little connections happen. I mean I've I've had uh, you know lots of contact with the guess who over the over the years when the MTS Center opened mm-hmm. in uh oh how many ever ever many years ago that was, I was co-hosting the opening with Adam Beach. Yeah actor. and yeah. uh yeah, the actor and in, in Winnipeg, Winnipeg boy. And uh and and uh and as 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 a as a host, I went around to all the rooms of the other performers who were playing, and you know, just checked in with them, see how they're doing. So I went and checked with Chantel Kreviazik was performing, and and uh, Burton Cummings was doing a solo, that at that concert, and and he was he was freaking out. He uh, he, he 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 thought this was the end of his career mm-hmm. because he hadn't he hadn't been doing the up close and personal stuff yet. You know and so we 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 just talked talked for a bit and you know calmed things down and uh and he went and absolutely killed sixteen thousand people with with him him and his piano but you know so every once in a while you know some some of those connections happen and and more more often the the generation who grew up with me, you know like 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 the landreth boys. You know, Joey Joey Landreth and uh, I mean right across the country the performers who were on my hear the music album from Ron Sexsmith to Alex mm-hmm. Cuba to the Good Lovelies they they all I, I keep in touch with those folks because we were uh, well we did a project together first of all but we established a really beautiful friendship over that time and you know and, and people like Al Simmons who was my really my my mentor in the 70s we were in a band together for four years and, uh, and, and he and I still maintain contact and it's, it was a, it's such a vibrant, beautiful time of life. And, uh, and I, I, learned so much from, from the people that I was with and, and, you know, and it was pretty, pretty powerful time of life for sure. The, uh, current time obviously was, uh, affecting a lot
1: of things, people going online, creating podcasts. Here we are, uh, doing yeah. different, different things, but, um, <sighs> Has it changed for mm-hmm. you? I mean obviously, I know you were playing a lot. I love the story you told me about how you were <laughs> how you're huge at colleges and I want to go back to that but right now, are you making music for you? Are you making music uh, for the kids? are you what 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 kind of space are you in right
0: now uh well i'm 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 playing guitar you know, almost almost daily i've uh, I've got this beautiful old Gibson. Uh, Gibson hummingbird guitar from the fifties that I I bought for 225 Mm bucks and coincidentally from Burton Cummings father. So that's, Mm -hmm. so that's, that's become my, my go-to instrument. And, and I've, I've just been, uh, because I haven't been working on a specific project, I'm just, I'm just playing and letting my emotions carry me and uh, some really lovely stuff has come out. I'm, I'm hoping that that, no, I know that it will turn into uh, songs possibly another album before too long but um but my music is is getting more complex my my uh my chord progressions my dexterity is still there and uh and I'm I'm just loving making music and and doing occasional um online concerts you know I, I've done many of those over the over the last number uh, number of months but mm. I oddly enough I'm not missing I'm not missing the road so much because I've, I've been on the road for 45 years. I mean, since 70, 72, 73, more than 45. And, uh, and I'm, I'm not missing, you know, hopping on a plane and renting a car and getting hotel rooms and, you know, and and driving to a space and doing that. I'm, uh, I'm enjoying what, what this uh, semi-retirement life has to offer. I mean, many of the, the dates that were, were, were set up for my, 40th anniversary cat came back tour, which I was in the middle of when uh, when COVID hit. Those are have been rescheduled for for the fall of 2021. So I yeah. I am looking forward to get back to that. But but I'm you know I'm 74 years old now, so I think it's time to to uh, rest on a, a a few of the laurels that are here and and, and finding maybe, finding time to chill. Maybe go back to school, you know. Well, why get not get your sure. law degree? <laughs> <laughs> I'll work on it. Um,
1: yeah, well, I'm with Fred Penner, uh, just really, uh, happy that you made some time today. Uh, come on, um, your story, um, inspires many, 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 you've also got the single greatest piece of merchandise, which I've brought with me. Uh, you're going to have to, t- everyone's <laughs> going to have to tune in to, uh, to the YouTube version of this, but this is the single, <laughs> that's the single yeah. greatest T-shirt I've seen by a band in the history of music. It's just it, a silhouette of Fred with the hat, with this beard that he's been working on for many years uh, that he's perfected. Um, cool. uh, I mean, do you still sell this version so, of this shirt?
0: Oh yeah, I do. Uh, it's uh, you know, so your, your listeners, your viewers can go to fredpenner.com. In fact, we're, we've just opened up my online store. Great. So I've got, uh, I've got CDs, a couple of books uh, and lots of T-shirts. Um what's next for you right now? this is the life section. so what is the life of Fred? Hmm. what is the life of Fred Penner like right now? Well, uh, my as as we said, my wife and I have settled into our our half acre of uh, of glory here. Uh, we're we're in, in winter mode, so there's not a whole lot to do. I, I'm just in the process of finishing off a uh, a work uh, a work play place, our studio. Uh, it's an old garage that we had converted. And uh, and I've I've got one corner that's that I've got I, I just had a, a butcher block table put in and there's going to be bookcases and that's going to be a, a creative place for me that I'm hoping to get my computer in there and actually sit down and focus in on all these chord progressions that I've been building mm-hmm. and actually turn them into songs. So I'm I'm still staying very creative. My uh, my wife and I do a lot. She does a lot of the cooking, so I'm eating. Eating very well. I'm uh, I'm minutes away from a beautiful hiking trail just around the corner. So it's all about staying healthy and uh, and creative and and uh, getting into more meditating. My wife is very much into that world, and she's teaching me uh, the the values of meditation, especially during a COVID time. I think mm-hmm. it's really important for people to to not worry so much about what's out there, but but really focus in on the on the on the feelings and the energy inside inside of you so that you you don't get thrown off balance you know too too much really which is easy to do and that's the problem
1: i've never tried it i i keep uh, getting recommended to though so it's something yeah. to uh,
0: put on the list well you know here's 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 the trick is is don't overthink it all meditation is It's sitting in a quiet place comfortably. You don't have to do the all fingers together, cross-legged. You know, none of that has to happen. All it means is sitting quietly, allowing your thoughts to go where they're going to go, and feeling calm and focusing on your breath when you need to. That's, That's all that meditation really is as far as I'm concerned.
1: Before I let you go, I have a question for you. Um, okay. The, the most common question I'm getting about this was uh, your relationship with all the the performers at the time. So Mr. Oh, Dress Up yeah. and Sharon Lewis and Bram. I, I there's the crossover episode with you and Mr. Dress Up, which is very famous, uh, mm. putting you guys together. So how was how was the late great Ernie Combs and and there and
0: that Ernie Ernie was fabulous. Uh, we we had a we had several connections, good connections along the way. Um, Actually, I'm I'm, I'm going to go go back to Sharon Wilson Bram and then I'll, I'll I'll top off with Ernie, but uh, but but Sharon Wilson Bram and we were at many festivals together over the years. Uh, we became great friends. I you know I spent you know time with them when I was in Toronto. Um, unfortunately, I I I I did perform on on the elephant show with them, and we were hoping to have them on Fred Penner's place, but that that never that never occurred. And I I do. I do wish that had it would have been a lovely visit from them, but with Ernie, uh, I I performed on his his series. We had a lovely time. He's one of the gentlest humans that I ever met, and uh, and when we were going to have him on our show, uh, two weeks before that episode, uh, his wife was tragically killed in downtown Toronto. And uh, and so we we sent him a message right away and said you know we we're we're happy to cancel we're so sorry we all, all our love to you, and he said no that he really wanted to to do the show, so he actually came came on Fred Penner's place and uh, we did two episodes two or three episodes together, and uh, and and he he just was was inundated with the most love from the crew that I've ever experienced that was palpable people people just set out so much energy and, and beauty to him so I I uh I I, I love Sherylson Bram I love I love Mr. Dressup and uh, he he was an exceptional human being and and just brought so much beauty into into the world of of children mm-hmm. and families.
1: I have a great memory of him in uh, Port Perry, Ontario. I, I was oh, in there, okay. I was in there, and he uh, in a, it was like a we had a um, an like an ice cream store there. Okay, and he was I guess just touring around Port Perry for the day, and uh, I was in in there. I, I think might have been maybe eighteen or something or nineteen years old. Oh, and yeah. uh, it was just when I was getting into promoting, and I actually ran into, uh, I had ta- spoken to him on the phone about running some concerts for him. Back in the day, and then there he was in Port Perry just randomly. And I said, "Hey, you know, it's Brent. You know, we talked on the phone." He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." And I and I I said to him, "You know, this is uh pretty interesting that you're that you're here." And he said, "What did you like most about the show?" And I just, you know, I just I, I think I had said I just like the way he broke things down and really really put you there, like similar to what what you mm. what you did, um, which is like he would kind of describe what he was doing and um it was just really cool and so he proceeded mm. to say he brought me over and he ordered ice cream as mr dress up <laughs> and i remember just being like what is going yeah, on and he, he just did it for me at that moment it was really just an amazing moment and even too, though i was 18 or 19 whatever i was yeah. he still brought that kid out and uh, it was fantastic so uh fred i, I noticed you did nice. this you do the same um with children uh, around the world and you inspire them all the time. I've seen you interact with my kids. I've seen you interact with others and uh, you are very loved. And I, uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on today to tell your I, story a
0: bit and uh, join yeah. me for this. That's a, It's very sweet of you, Brent. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, and I did want to want to uh, just promo a couple of uh, quick mm-hmm. things. As I mentioned, the, uh, the, the, uh, the merch store is now open on Uh We we've done a number of, um, of documentaries on the CBC Gem, there's there's one of a 45 minute one that's there now. Uh, the YouTube has a whole range of, and there's episodes of Fred Penner's Place as well on CBC Gem. Uh, but Super Channel is airing on December the fourth, starting starting then a full 90 90 minute uh, version of the uh, of the documentary. It goes goes pretty deep into a lot of personal things and you know your your, your viewers you're be interested in that but that's all the promo i got to do
1: awesome well thanks, i'll uh, make sure we put it up there for everyone to watch make sure you tune Appreciate in it. my friends on uh, all channels wherever you can find fred uh, online and all that <laughs> stuff uh, you'll, you won't be disappointed and you'll be very inspired so thank you fred penner thanks to everybody for listening to the brendan tour life cast
0: this week and uh we'll check you out next week all right thanks. great to see you thank you thanks buddy.